How would your life look differently if you deep down had this unwavering belief in yourself that you could do anything you wanted, anything was possible, you could do hard things, and you had a built-in best friend, business partner by your side from birth who looked exactly like you? (laughs) Okay, that's my next guest in a nutshell, Michelle Wilson. She's the co-founder retail brand Ula Lux in Northern California. I've known her for over 15 years. I've watched her and her identical twin sister create a global clothing retail brand that started from from nothing, like most things do. And I've watched them raise families with ease and take on more and more and more and at the same time have a lot of free time to continue to build and do the things that they love. I think Michelle is a great example of the endless possibilities that you can create for yourself when you truly believe that anything is possible. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast made to inspire you to create a life and business on your own terms. You'll hear candid interviews with people who have boldly decided to blaze their own trail and the occasional solo show with me your host. I'm Willa McDonough, on-camera coach, storyteller, and remote video producer. Five years ago, I moved from my home base of San Francisco to the coast of Portugal, taking a big leap into the unknown. Some called it courageous. I called it carving my own fucking path. Today, I live in Lisbon and run a business that elevates your online presence, helping you show up confidently on camera to create videos that showcase your brand and personality so you can get more visibility and attract clients by being yourself. If you're just starting out in business or you've been doing it for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice and hopefully feel inspired by stories from people who have chosen the unconventional and sometimes messy path. And if you've been waiting for a sign to start carving your own fucking path, this is it. I'm so happy you're here. Michelle Wilson, I have been trying to get you on here for I'll just say a couple of years since I started this podcast. So welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path. You have been blazing your own trail alongside your identical twin sister, and you've created a a retail and fashion brand called Ula Lux, located in Northern California. And you're creative director as well. So you've taken on pretty much everything from the start, but it's been a 12-year journey. Am I yeah. right? Is it 12 years? Well, already? actually we're coming up on 14, but yeah, isn't that crazy? Wait, 14 <clears throat> years. Yeah. Okay. So my math is terrible because <laughs> I, I was like, okay, it's gotta be 12 years. So it, Michelle and I, a little backstory, we went to college together and it's, I feel like it's one of these stories where it's like, I knew, I knew her when, and it's a bit of that where it, I've seen the, the journey, the process. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And it's not just entrepreneurship, but it's, I, I, I call you guys the master manifestors. I feel Aww, like any, anything you put your mind to, you create. And so I've, I've always wondered like, what's your secret? What is that about? And so, you know, maybe there is no secret. So I'd like to dive into to people's backstories and knowing a little bit about yours. I know I'd like to start or you can start wherever you want, but start when, you know, growing up, okay. A as an identical twin, but also having a father that was very entrepreneurial and would bring you yeah. guys like into his business. Totally. So, okay. I'll stop talking now. 
thank you for having me, first of all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, so my sister and I, my mom, we didn't really grow up conventionally, like most families for the 80s, especially. Maybe for now, it would be conventional. My, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> my, my dad worked, he owned his own motorcycle business and my mom worked full time. My dad would take us to work with him. And so my sister and I kind of grew up around like, I guess you'd call it like an outlaw crowd. It was like all like, you know, male bikers. And so we saw business from a really young age. We saw my dad having his business. My uncle owned his own hair salon. And I think we always just thought like, that's kind of what people did because we were so surrounded by it. And we were always selling stuff. Like we had like, we would sell bread to our neighbors. We would make like little tea shops. We were always coming up with like ideas and, and it was really fun. We had a lot of fun with it. My dad would leave us at the flea market and we would sell his stuff for him. So we were kind of just raised selling. So I feel like that was, you know, a lot of what kind of got us into it. And then when we weren't with my dad at the motorcycle shop on the weekends, he would take us, you know, hiking all the time and exercising and doing a lot of really extreme stuff for like our age. And, you know, you'd be like, let's ride our bicycles to San Francisco today. So we ride like 70 miles. And so now that I think back at the time, it seemed like, oh, wow, this is really, you know, hard. And um, now when I look back on it, it just seems like it kind of made me think like you can do anything if you like put your mind to it because we were doing like a lot of extreme like sports and stuff and BMX and cross country. And so I think it's actually now I think it's a good thing just because it kind of opens your mind to that you can do hard things and you can kind of accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our, the way we were raised. And then also I was, I was kind of thinking about this last night actually, but no one really in our family came from money, even our grandparents and everybody, my grandpa like made a really good life for himself. And my uncle, you know, he also didn't come from money and he became a real estate investor just because he, you know, had come out of the army and gotten extra money. So I think we also saw no divide between wealthy and poor, even though we didn't have money. My parents never said, oh, they're better than us. Or we just were around wealthy people that had built, you know, a life for themselves. And so I think that was also a good thing that we didn't see like that some people are, we never thought, oh, they're better than us because they have money. And so I think that kind of, you know, made us more kind of an, on an even ground with everybody. So that was another thing that I was thinking, but yeah, we had a very interesting childhood. It sounds like it. And I'm curious about the, okay. So you saw these different lifestyles and you also saw people changing, going yes. from one reality to another. Okay. So that yeah. also said anything's possible and also being pushed physically mm -hmm. with the, the exercise and the, and the, the selling, right. what did money mean to you back then? So you're selling this stuff. What did that translate to? Uh, nothing. I don't think we were raised with the thought that money meant anything really that it, it, it was like a means to be able to get things, but it was never important in our family. It was never like you have, if you don't have money, you're not going to be happy. So we never equated it with happiness. Um, and still today, like, I, I don't care that much about money. You know, I'm kind of a minimalist. Um, I mean, I do like to have some nice stuff, but I don't, I don't care that much about money. I care more about being happy um, and being comfortable and money's nice to have, but it's not, you know, the most important thing. And I still believe mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you have literally transformed, I mean, your entire reality on your own because you, you started this business, but also this, this clothing business was not your first business. No. Yes. So talk about your first business 
and also how that came to be. And then, you know, and then being a twin, I, I find it incredibly fascinating. And, and I know that two together, especially like very creative driven women that you are, it's you've been able to go really far. So yeah touch of touch on a few of those things so we both like pretty much like in high school we had some more like kind of family drama and so it brought my sister and I and we we I worked at Baskin Robbins and I was cake decorator I loved it and Christina (laughs) worked at the gap and I remember one day it was like right after high school we kind of were talking and we were like what are we doing like is this what we're gonna do or are we gonna have a business or we hadn't really like thought much about it and uh, we weren't I don't think even going to college at that time and then uh we were like, we better like start doing something. I remember my sister was at a garage sale and she called me and she's like, I'm at this garage sale. There's a coffee cart here. It's $400. Like, should we do it? And then I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we bought the wow. coffee. I talked to the guy who owned Baskin Robbins and I was like, can we buy your coffee machine? Cause I knew they didn't use it because I was working there. He sold us the coffee machine. My sister's ex-boyfriend owned a building and we asked his stepdad if we could have it in front of that building. So we kind of just plopped in like the pieces of like, you know, people we knew and how to do things kind of like at a, um, you know, a cheaper cost. And yeah, I remember the first day we opened and it was right before college, but we like, I think we made like $200 and we were so shocked that you could like make that much money, like kind of, uh, you know, just cash without, cause we were used to working at like getting $200, like every couple of days, you know, at our jobs that we had. So then we, from there, we just kept building that business and we had a really good following. And then we opened another one. We bought a trailer, we were doing events and we loved them. We, you know, were able to put ourselves through college with that money, which is where I met you. <laughs> yep. and, and yeah. And it was, it was really hard. Uh, cause we would get up, you know, at like three or four in the morning drive one of us would drop the other one off at our location and then we would go to school you know drive to college so we were tired really t- mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes you, you managed to run your coffee business again you would you you we you get to we'd get to school and you're like I've been up since 4 a.m selling coffee yeah. you know mm-hmm. and then full-time school and then you had another job I both of you always had yeah. another job yeah and it we, just we, yeah at that time and so, then yeah, yeah we we were in college you know um and then when college was ending, we were kind of like, well, do we want to keep doing this? Cause it's, it is hard on your body and your mind when you're tired all the time. And so it was about the time of the recession where we decided to sell the coffee business and we wanted to start a clothing store. We always love fashion. We always love experimenting with style and it made us feel good. So we wanted to do consignment. Cause that's kind of, you know, what we were used to as thrift stores with my parents and, and consignment that world. And so me and my sister each had a rack of clothing in our bedroom <laughs> and we would just go to consignment stores and thrift stores, get, you know, shirts and stuff we liked. And it, we probably saved up clothes for like six months or a year before we um, took the mm. plunge and actually opened a business. And then we finally found a little location after we sold our coffee business, we had enough money to, you know, fund a small location. So we went and got um, a little loft space inside of another store. It was the only thing we could find. It was like in the Craigslist or on the newspaper, in the newspaper or something. And yeah, so we were in that loft space, which is why we started our name was Ula Loft. And and we were doing really good there. And uh, mm-hmm. it was just a really tiny little space and it was hard for people to find. But once people found us, we had like a good clientele and um, and it was amazing. And then the store that we were inside of, they said we're closing. Um, in 2009, at the end of 2008, during, you know, the recession. And then, so we had to take, we had to make a big decision. And that was like, do we close now? Because 
like do we or do we like move into a huge spot and pay a lot more rent because we were used to paying like I don't know five hundred dollars a month or something like that. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. that's when we decided to take the plunge to open the first Ula Lux that was you know on the main drag. <laughs> right. And this is yeah. a really cute town as well. I want to say it's a very quaint, has more of an uh, kind of an old school downtown, and so the storefronts are. They, you know, you're right in the center of town. So it's like, it's a perfect location for essentially a boutique is, is what you created. Yeah. So you started with used clothing and it was always high yeah. end, you know, it was like high end jeans and, and stuff like that. So you started in that way. So it was always like an eclectic mix of clothing. And I loved it. I mean, I always say it was your first customers in, in your bedroom, you know, and yeah. I just, you're pulling out clothes and you, you really pushed certain trends and styles that I would never go for. You're like, the jeans need to be extremely tight. I remember that. That yeah. was like the, the ripped jeans, like really tight phase. And so I, so I'm curious, like when, when you were looking ahead, what did you envision for your future? Was it just like, okay, we're going to have this little shop or what did you, I mean, because again, you look, look at what you've created now. Did you have that big of a, a vision at that time? I, you know, I don't think we did. And I don't think we, we never really like looked that far into the future. We, we were really kind of like living in the moment. I feel like that's kind of how we are. We, yeah, we never were like, we're going to have a huge corporation or do any, you know, anything like that. It, we just, we just wanted to be happy and like kind of succeed with whatever we push the limit with whatever we were doing. And so our goal was always to be the best and um, whatever we have to you know, push it to the limit of like how the best customer service, the best items. And and then I think from there you grow, we grew organically because we Mm -hmm. did have so much passion for what we were doing. And I think people can see that and it makes you stand out against other businesses. Definitely. Okay. This is, this is such a, an interesting point because well, personal brands, you have a, a personal brand, your story I believe, again, knowing you and looking from, you know, all perspectives, your story has led you, I think, to success, to bigger success, potentially it's in your hometown. You know, you grew up, your customers were people that you knew. And because of that customer service, you cared extremely deeply about your customers because it wasn't online. It was like storefront people coming in. And the fact that you're identical twins, you're very fashionable, very friendly, all of these things. So I'm wondering if you, like when you realize that, that, okay, we have a story here and we're going to, we're going to sell with our story. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we started putting ourselves out there more. We were like, you know, we were trying to network more. Like we went to the playboy parties and we'd network with those people and, you know, talk to people in LA and we started doing the buying show. We kind of got more of a media, social media following. And then that way people could follow our story. So I feel like, yeah, we, we got like um, mentioned in the newspaper. So we had a lot of good stuff happening where um, it was drawing more media attention. And then also just starting to work with the influencers, you know, halfway into the, a couple of years in that was huge for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the influencer mark, putting your clothes on people, I think you had a bachelorette or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was really like the turning point for, I feel like the website, the online business, because we were making good money, but we, and, and we weren't really sure if we should take the jump of working with like a celebrity. And I remember when we worked with Jojo and that's when my sister and I first, you know, had our first set of kids and we were rented, we rented a warehouse for the 
we were like, we're doing the website. We're going to go full throttle. And when she posted, it was like the website, the Shopify was like, bing, bing, bing. And I think that day we made like, I don't know, it was like $80,000 or hundred thousand dollars on the website. We're like, oh my God. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) And so we realized what power, you know, influencers and marketers have. And that was, that was probably like one of our biggest moments. And I remember I, there's a picture of me sitting on like 40 boxes. Cause we had to keep ordering these sweaters that Jojo wore and I'm like sitting on top of all the boxes. Cause me and my sister were working all night. Like we would like drink coffee and like, it was crazy. Like we were just working like crazy packaging. And that's when we started hiring more of a, a team at the warehouse because we couldn't do it all on our own. And we were also trying to run the stores and it was, it was a lot, but it was such a fun time. Wow. Okay. So in what year was this? Like 2015? Um, let's see. Yeah, probably like 2015. Okay. Right around then I'm thinking, because that really was, I think the boom of Instagram, like the power of influencers and everything. So, okay. I want to also back up as well, because you had two kids Yes. within three months of each other, which is amazing. So you both had a daughter and- At that time, did you have one location or were you already on to the next locations? Because we had three. Oh, you had three. Okay. We were um, pedaling my Hillsburg, Santa Rosa. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's when the warehouse, we started the warehouse Mm -hmm. and we were just not going to slow down. We were just like, how can we make this, these kids like work with our lifestyle? So (laughs) we'll just do what our dad did and we'll bring them with us. And we had like a pen at the warehouse where they would play and it was fun. Yeah. yeah. But I, I will say, and I know you're going to be like, oh, you, both of you make it look so easy. Thank you. That's really nice. It, it's true. And okay. Not, I think one time, cause I've said this to you for years, you're like, well, you're not with me for 24 hours a day, <laughs> you know? But again, it's like, it's, you take on one thing and then another, and then it's like, it's, does it feel like it's just endless? I the mean, possibilities. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. I've always thought mm-hmm. that. And I love doing a lot of stuff as long as it's creative stuff um, that I'm passionate about and I'm not feeling drained because you can do stuff that doesn't feel right for you and that can be draining. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love I love uh, any creative stuff. I love doing stuff that's going to build up the brand. I love it. Yeah. And you're one of the t- the main models as well. Well, <laughs> which I love to see. <laughs> well, because yeah. of COVID, uh, we lost all our models. So we were like, mm. what are we going to do now? And so I was like, I'll just try the clothes because we were, we were struggling there for a minute. We had to shut every store down. We mm-hmm. had to depend on the online store. We had to lay off the employees. It was really scary for businesses. And then on top of that, yeah, we had no one would work. So we had nobody, no models or anybody. So the only option was it all came back to my sister and I, and we were like, I'm just like, I'll do the modeling. I don't care. Like I'll cover if I'm not wearing makeup, I'll cover my face. And I started doing trend calls every day. And I think because I'm passionate about the clothes, because I love mm-hmm. the clothes and I pick them out, we started making really good money. We were doing better on the website when I started those try on hauls. And I also think more people were on, you know, watching or online during COVID. Mm-hmm. So the sales that we were making on the website from, you know, all this interaction my sister and I were doing, like was enough to cover all the sales for all the stores that were closed. So it worked out really well. And then I just kind of kept with it because I'm like, okay, well the sell stuff, that's kind of how that happened. But it was not my intention to uh, oh. <laughs> obviously be a model. Or, you know, I, I never really wanted to do any of that, but it's fun. And it is a really 
fun outlet to be creative. So mm -hmm. it's actually, yeah. It, it, and then I started taking photos of other models. So it kind of put me into a different mode and doing flat lays and all this other creative stuff. So it's been fun. Yep. Okay. And how much, how much did you know about retail, like, or fashion or any of this stuff? I mean, you just, There's nothing. yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing, we've, nothing we've ever done. We've known anything mm -hmm. <laughs> about, but what we have that other people might not have is passion and drive to figure it out. And I think that's all that that's the formula for success really is just, you know, having the passion and the drive. And if you can have those two things, you know, you can Google anything. There's resources out there. So you can figure stuff out. And, right. you know, we, we just started small and we've never taken out it alone. And mm. I, I feel proud of that. You know, we just have really grown organically. We've never hired like any like professional to come in like a CFO or anything. It's always been everything organic, everything growing from within. And I think that's, you know, been a really good thing for our company. Definitely. And for the employees. Right. And so now at this time you have what, 25 something employees, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Around that. And how is, how is that to manage all those people and personalities? Well, I think what we learned is if we get really good managers, then we don't have to manage as many people. So we focus, you know, a lot of energy finding like the best management. So each store has like a rock star manager. We are constantly, my sister does a lot of checking in with, I, you know, drop by the store all the time and visit just to make sure everything's going smoothly. And then at our warehouse where my sister and I spend most of our time, we have an amazing team. We have like an operations manager. We have a website manager. And so we feel like everything's really well taken care of because we've gone the extra steps to hire people that are really amazing at what they do. Mm -hmm. So right. it leads to less stress for sure. Yes. I love what you said about the, yeah, taking, taking your time, hiring the right people, of course, and the organic part, because so many people, and I'll say that, I mean, you're a millennial, but it, it's this overnight success idea. We see this glamorous life. People yes. look at your life, I'm sure. And it's like, whoa. And, but it's been a, it's been a gradual process and, and that is like the beauty of it as well is that it is possible. And okay. So what about moments when, did you feel like ever besides the, the COVID, let's say where you're forced to shut down, but did you have moments where either one of you were like, let's just shut this down. This is too stressful. No, but we did have a really stressful time and it was when I was pregnant. Um, and there was a couple different things going on. We, we were, I can't say the name of the brand, but a large brand tried to sue us. And mm -hmm. we also at that exact time, you know, everything kind of happens <laughs> at once. We had our warehouse, our first warehouse, the building was red tagged and it, and it was just a note saying you must be out within a week. Um, oh. And it had nothing to do with us. It was that the building itself was not you know, the city didn't want it open basically. And so everyone in the building had to move. And so at the same time that we were getting sued by this huge corporation, we, so we had to do a complete name change. The, you know, company that sued us or was trying to sue us said, if you don't change your branding and your name and everything, then we'll come after you. So we had to completely rebrand the business, which now, you know, that's the thing about hardships is every single time that we've had a hardship, it's always come out to be a good thing. And it, mm -hmm. even if it's really stressful at the time. And so like we ended up moving our warehouse and now we're in this really nice area called the Foundry Wharf and we had to change our name. And, you know, we had, we spent, you know, tons of money change. We had to rebrand everything, change all our tags, trademark the new name. And it was really stressful, but it's more, you know, in line with our brand. And so it was kind mm -hmm. of fun to redo it too, because we're like, oh, this is like, we have evolved as a brand and 
we like this new name better. And um, so, yeah, every, there's never been a time where I've wanted to quit. I think it's because I, you know, feel really passionate about the business and I'm always excited about it. Like in the morning, I'm, I'm excited, like about, oh, like, what can I do today? Like, I'm always thinking of ideas and I love being an entrepreneur and uh, yeah, I, so no, I, I've never thought about uh, really anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're in, in it till the, till the end. And also, okay. I will say on that note, I guess that you have been married for a long time yeah. to your high school sweetheart. Yes. Yeah. In kind of almost out of high school, we did go to prom together and then we started dating after that. And yeah, we've been together ever since. And it's actually nice when you're with somebody that long, you kind of, you kind of either grow together or you grow apart, you know? And I think we've Mm -hmm. kind of grown together. And one thing that works so nicely for both of us is I could have let him be who he is. And he lets me be me. Like he's never, you know, I, I mean, I'm not like probably the easiest person to be (laughs) married to because I'm like, I'm going to Playboy Mansion or I'm going to LA. Like always like, I'm going to go to Morocco (laughs) and he's like, okay, like he's never been, you know, like you can't, I don't want you to do that. That makes me uncomfortable. And I wouldn't be able to be with somebody like that anyway, but it's nice that we have like a mutual understanding where we let each other be who we are and don't try and like hold each other back from anything. That is huge. Yeah. Yes. And you now have two children. So you have two children and your sister has, Christina has two as well, again, around the same age. And so you sisters, best friends, business partners. That's kind of like the dream situation. I think it's fun. It's kind of crazy. Like when we go places with the kids there, people are like, are they twins? And then we're like, no, (laughs) they're cousins and we're twins (laughs) because it's weird because each same age. So they look like twins, but they don't, I mean, they do look different, but it's funny because, because we're identical twins, our kids are actually more genetically, um, related than, than normal cousins. So they're more, you know, almost like a half sibling mm-hmm. genetically. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, being a mom has been amazing. And, uh, it's probably, you know, the most important job I'll ever do in my life. I hear that a lot from people mm-hmm. again, the, you know, in, in positions like yours, like achieving success, building these things, and then having a child or and a family is the most rewarding. So you do. Yeah align with that. Yeah, it, just, uh, it makes you realize a lot about your, you know, when you have kids, it's a reflection, but, uh, mm-hmm. in a good way. So, right. yeah. And yeah. they're so sweet and it's just fun to, to raise them and to try and make them into good people and, um, teach them things. Mm-hmm. And your oldest are they're turning seven, right? Yeah. She's gonna be seven next month. Okay. And then you bring them around. So like, not only did you talk about this as I'll bring my kids to LA and I thought, I remember, oh yeah, right. You know, and you actually do. Yeah. Um, I started, we started bringing them when they were like two months old and we would bring all the kids. And when we had the second set, we would bring them too. And yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's kind of crazy and like, but you know, we, we know a lot of the people from the wholesale area because we've had relationships with them for so many years. So they'll like, hold the baby or help us out. You know, I think because my dad would bring us everywhere with him. It was just like, it didn't seem like we can't do this or we need a nanny, but we did actually have somebody one time watch the girls. So we could just bring the babies. But other than that, we would just bring them all with us. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It it was fun. It's fun for them to see us working and that we can be moms and working and that they can be a part of that. Like I, it's Mm -hmm. really cool. You know, not everyone can do that. And I, I, I like having those memories with them. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. And are they talking like, I want to be like you, mom, we're going to do this. Or do they kind of mention anything? Well, I don't really want them to be like me. (laughs) I want them to be themselves and I want them to be happy. And I don't ever want to push anything I'm doing. I want them to figure out what they're good at. And then I want to help them get to that point, you know, or however I can um, assist Mm -hmm. them to be the best version of themselves. Cause maybe they won't be into fashion. Maybe they'll be into something else, you know? And I, yeah, I never want to force anyone into anything, but I hope that they, you know, are happy. That's, that's all I really want. Right. And what is your definition of happiness? Would you say? Feeling good about yourself, feeling good in your life, feeling fulfilled, doing things that, you know, like being able to go out, like what makes me happy is like hiking, like being able to be out in nature, being grounded to like the earth, being around good company, having Mm -hmm. good friends. There's a lot of different things that make different people yeah. happy, but that, those are some of the things that I make me happy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And being like yeah. true to yourself, like, who are you? Like mm-hmm. really figuring that out. I feel like, you know, now that I have more free time that I'm not at the stores and I'm with the kids, I've really been thinking more about like, like I'm getting more into health and wellness and like really feeling like, what, what do I like? Like, what am I drawn to? And trying to really, you know, we're just always evolving and just mm-hmm. trying to figure out like, who am I? And like, what do I like? And, you know, adding all that stuff into your life. You've been really getting into health and wellness. And I've noticed that just from your Instagram. Could you give us the inside scoop on what is your routine? Okay. I've been doing recently is in the morning, I go outside right when I wake up to get the light in my eyes. And yeah, I try and sit out there. Even I'll bring the kids out. We sit outside for like 10 minutes. I do grounding. So I go out barefoot. It really helps with sleeping. If you get the light in your eyes in the morning. And then in the evening, we do the same thing. We go out when the sun's going down, grounding again. Sometimes we'll lay outside. I'll lay outside with the kids and we'll like watch the sun go down. Yeah. And it's, it kind of helps with the rhythm of everything. And then I have my supplements that I take which is quite a few. <laughs> I love supplements. <laughs> my start weightlifting. So we'll do that, you know, throughout the week. And I love that. I think it's, it just makes you feel so much, so good. And then walking, like I walk or run like two to four miles a day. And then once a week, I go on at least a 10 mile hike, usually with the six-year-olds. <laughs> so that's kind of what my dad would do to us. And that's what we've been doing to them. We do like the day. <gasps> And then I just, you know, eating healthy 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and then I've been, uh, I've been doing like Sheila Jeet at night. It's like a resin that you drop in water. And I love that. What, um, what is that? It's like, a, it's like a mineral resin. Okay. I'll send you information about it. But yeah, I mean, I highly recommend it. I, I drop it in water. It tastes pretty good. And it's really good for you. I do chlorophyll water in the morning. Yeah. Oh, sauna at night. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. I do 30 minutes of like high heat in the evening. Every night, every night. Yeah. I love it. Wow. It's amazing. It's like my meditation. And then I listen to podcasts like yours or. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Thank you. Wow. That is quite a routine. Yeah. I love it. It's stuff that feel really, really good. Mm -hmm. And is it pretty consistent? Because I know a lot of times like, oh, maybe skip this or that, but. Okay. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, there's something going on, but I know it's all stuff I can go back to. So it's, yeah, I would say it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really, really inspiring. It's funny because this is the best shape that I've ever been in. And it's after having two, two kids, but 
it, I think it's a lot of it's because I work hard at it, but uh, yeah, this is the, the most fit that I've ever been in my life. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So all those people, I have a full-time job. I have kids, no more excuses. You have all those things and you don't have a nanny either. <laughs> I think maybe so. it's hard for some people, but yeah, I think you could definitely yeah. always do better for yourself, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. And the, I'm curious about like life organization. Do you feel that you're really organized, structured clearly with this routine, but do you plan out Not your really. weeks? No, no. I wish I do like organizing a ritual and and doing all that, but I'm not like, that's not a strong point of mine. A lot of days I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'll figure out when I wake up other than the, the, like going walking in the evening and stuff like that. I'll be like, what should I do? I've been actually, the kids are off for summer and I've been making like, like I'll, we'll just like go to like farmer's markets and like, I'll take them to like pick their own vegetables, like just random stuff. And I always have loved just being random. I'm not very set in my ways. Like I have to do this today. I love being like, let's do this instead, or let's pull off here and check out this town. My sister and I are both like that. And I think it makes life fun and interesting. Definitely. And you've created a lifestyle that you can do that now. You have your businesses. It's a machine. It's running without you. And you can have the family life and have the business. Thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to aspire to do a few of those things. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's it's an ever again, I, because you've taken on a lot, you've created a lot. So what is next for you? Cause I know you've got probably a bunch of stuff up your sleeve or maybe not, but <laughs> I mean, you know, I love doing stuff, so growing um, the online business to the next level, like uh, mm-hmm. as a global. And then, uh, you know, like eventually I want to do more like philanthropy. I want to help. I want to give back to other people. That's really important to me. I think that okay. that you know, is a good purpose for everyone. Like we've been doing the entrepreneurs in residence program with Sonoma state. And we've been getting to work with, you know, students who want to start businesses. And I love doing that. It makes me feel really good. I wish I would have had more of that. I mean, I had it from mm-hmm. my dad, but like in college and stuff, I feel like there wasn't that outlet available. So, you know, I've been speaking at like the high school Casa Grande, but I, I feel like that that could be, you know, more of a future thing as more, even maybe consulting. We've been consulting with other boutique owners. Sometimes I like people. I like talking to people. I like being around other entrepreneurs. So, you know, on top of growing the business, it might be something more along those lines also. Mm-hmm. You have a wealth of knowledge and experience. And again, you didn't, you learned it from doing that's. The, the, most, the amazing part, because a lot of people go to school, they think, okay, I'm going to get a business degree. And I don't know if anyone really starts a business after they go to get an MBA. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> the school of life you you've been through. And I think that, yeah, giving back and, and being of service is, is huge. And I have to yeah. just, I mean, commend you on so many things, but your mindset, I feel like that is the key is having this mindset. Anything is possible. And not taking things for granted, being resourceful, having support, family, partner, sister. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of life is about the mindset. And I, you know, I do think some people have kind of a poor me mentality or like a a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. And I really try and distance myself from that type of person because you can't get ahead if you, you know, we've all had our hardships and I, I really don't think you can get ahead if you're like, thinking you're a victim all the time. Mm-mm. Yeah. But maybe right. that's just their own journey of growth, you know? Right. It's true. 
Yes. And you've definitely been through a lot. And that's the thing is, yeah, nothing, nothing comes easy, but it's like how you, how you, you know, approach it. So I know you've spoken a lot about this, but what would you say you're most proud of at this point? I think I'm proud of being able to grow organically and like build a good team of people and have something that I feel good about. Like I, when I look at the business, it makes me feel good and happy and it makes me feel more motivated for like the future and like being able to see what we've done so far and like thinking about what the future holds and, you know, like the sky's the limit, like how much more can we grow and what can we do with that growth? Those are all things that, you know, make me really excited. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you. Thank you. A global brand come to Europe. Yeah, maybe we will. (laughs) I'd love to come visit you. I know. I would love that too. Well, I went, I, your sister, Christina, I went to Europe for the first time with her and that trip, I mean, that changed the trajectory of my life for sure. And so that was a a fun experience. Yes. Okay. So anything else that you want to touch on or share or anything like that, any advice maybe for, for entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs that are up against self-doubt? Yeah. I think, I think the best advice is just to start small because if you start small and you don't succeed, then it's, it's not like a huge blow. You know, I think when people take out loans, a lot of people think you have to take out a loan. I noticed that, you know, when we're at the college, they're like, how much of a loan do I need to take out? Or like, you don't really need to take out a loan. Just kind of test the market with your product. Like there's farmer's markets now there's the, you know, Instagram, like you can totally test your products out and not spend a lot of money. So that, that would be my best advice is to also see if there's an actual market for your product before you go full throttle, because maybe there is, maybe people love it and, and you'll, you know, want to take it along because it is so successful, but maybe, you know, it's not a great idea. It's good to test things, I think. So that would be like my piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also it, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. We know that. And no, I think it's, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's hard. But mm-hmm. then again, it, perfect example. You're here and you, you just there, there it is limitless essentially yeah. because you kind of carved your own fucking path. Yeah. And <laughs> you never know. And yeah, very inspiring. Thank you. So I love, I love that you, that you, are doing what you're doing and, and doing it with such passion. Again, it's like, that's, that is the key. And, and I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm not passionate or I don't know. How do I find that out? So what would, what would be your advice for that? I think you have to like really sit with yourself and and know yourself. So maybe it starts with more like within the self, you know, and I I do think that's harder for young people, especially like Mm -hmm. in today's world with like all the social media and everything, but, you know, just connecting with nature and like, doing different things, doing different activities. Like sometimes you try something new and you like love it, you know, and it's nothing you would have ever expected. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of putting yourself out there doing, going out of your comfort zone to see who you are, what you're passionate about, what you like. That's, that's what I think at least. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's great to see you as always. You too. And I love what you're doing. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. 
If you enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference for visibility and even better. Share this episode with a friend and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode every other Wednesday. If you're interested in working together to elevate your online presence, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at whereiswillow. I also hang out on LinkedIn, Willow McDonough. Until then, cheers to carving your own fucking path. I love you.